Here's a message from Ken Lavica. The Baltimore Orioles snapped a 19-game losing streak last night, but let's not laugh at their misfortune. Let's have the guts to relive the worst sports years of our lives, shall we? Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Congratulations to you Orioles fans that still admit to being Orioles fans. You snapped your 19-game losing streak. Far and away, the worst modern team in sports. But I'm not going to let you guys point and laugh at the Orioles without reliving your own sports nightmares. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. It's a Thursday edition, and we're on a field trip today on ESPN 106.3. Well, at least I am. Coquel is in the Anna John Levine Action Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, right off the overcast and still steamy intracoastal. Uh, I am at the Baptist Health Training Complex, the new Dolphins practice facility as we wrap up training camp. This is the final day of open practice because the Dolphins are flying tomorrow, going to Cincinnati for their final preseason game against the Bengals. And then it's big boy in-season practice starting next week whenever Brian Flores decides that he's going to get him back out onto the field with the two weeks off between preseason and the first game. Uh, but big news here just a couple of minutes ago, Coquel, and it's almost as if Brian Flores and I are on the same wavelength. It's almost as if we have a connection. Tua Tungavailoa will not play. He will rest and he will get himself fresh and right for the opener against New England on September 12th. And I say, Coach Flo, right decision. Did Coach Flo come over and check with you first? Is this how this all went down? No, no, that 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 did not take place, though. That would be uh, extremely badass. In fact, I didn't have any connection with him. I'm just assuming that he listens to the show on a regular basis. Oh, for sure. And you can hear the feed now, right? You can hear me because we went over the air with you saying you couldn't oh, good. hear the feed. Awesome. So that was good. Awesome, good. I'm glad that that was the start. Until you're ready, Ken. I will tell you when to talk, okay? Let's just get that out there. (laughs) I'm putting that all in. It's not because I hit the wrong buttons. It's because you talk. Okay. Here, let's reenact that. Let's reenact that. Hold on. I can't hear anything. There, is that good? (laughs) I can't. I don't have the feet. Was that a good reenactment? That was good. That was good. So off to a good start. Me pushing buttons, maybe not a good idea. Where's Joe Rigotti? (laughs) <laughs> we need Captain Competence in here. So I am at uh, Dolphins training camp. Again, final day before everybody heads to Cincinnati for uh, the final preseason game. Uh, and uh, I, I want to talk about being sucky. Now, this show, right. Monday through Friday <laughs> at noon. For it. Yeah, we're, we're sucky. So if there's anybody that knows something about suck, it's myself and Coquel. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles... They really suck. I mean, they are an abject, terrifying disaster. They lost 19 in a row before last night. They finally snapped a 19-game skid, beating the Angels 10-6. to Imagine what that clubhouse has to feel like after finally getting that weight lifted off of their shoulders. Finally being able to press the reset button. Coquel, they are 39 and 86. They are damn near 50 games under 500. And we still have a couple of months of the season left to go. That's bad. And that had to feel, you know, when you know you're bad and you have that one fleeting moment of happiness, that's got to feel so satisfying. 
Didn't you see the other day, though? They did the, the Kyrie Irving, and they did Sage all across the, the field, and it clearly paid off. They should have done that earlier. You just start doing weird stuff when things are going so terribly. And it reminds me, though, being here at the Dolphins Complex, it reminds me of 2007. That miserable Cam Cameron season, 1-15. in 15. The win over the Ravens was like the Dolphins won the Super Bowl at home. The overtime touchdown catch by Greg Camarillo. I mean, the stadium was a quarter full at that point. Nobody was going to games anymore. The team was god-awful. You knew they were going to get the number one overall pick, but it was such an exhale. It was such a release of pent-up anger and frustration to see Camarillo sprint into the end zone and the Dolphins win, but that was far and away for me since coming down here to South Florida, the most miserable season because there was incompetence all over the place. Cam Cameron had no idea what he was doing. The players knew Cam Cameron had no idea what he was doing, and uh, they openly disliked him. There was no execution on the field, and it was just a slog. It was a death march to the finish. You couldn't wait for the season to be over, and that is the hallmark. That is the hallmark of a terrible sports fan season when you as the fan don't look forward to Sundays or look forward to game night or game day. You don't look forward to the tailgate. You don't look forward to spending time with your family and sharing that sports experience. You just want it to be done. The 2007 Dolphins were the epitome of my South Florida miserable, miserable season where I was just counting the seconds until that epic trash bag was finally taken to the curb. Yeah, I lived through the Jets 96, 97 years. I graduated high school in 97. Is that Cotite? That was no. This was what's it called? It was the one in fifteen and three in thirteen years, and then Parcells came around. Yeah. So like those were the worst years you would think in my life, right? Yeah. These past two years under Adam Gase, much worse. Last year's two and fourteen, and even the seven nine, it just didn't seem like they were trying to win, and that was the problem. At least those terrible Jets teams, they were like scrappy and attempted to win. Last year, <laughs> it seemed like management didn't even want them to win. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one, and it's really hard to back a team and show support for a team. I know you want to show support for individual players, but when you have a guy like Adam Gase that uh, basically had openly mailed it in, that makes it really difficult. So the Orioles, bad. They snap a 19-game losing streak. I want to talk about worst sports fan years because for me 2007 Dolphins that was a a six and a half month headache for Coquel the last two years under Gase you picked the year I think you could probably start it, all of this that started with uh Sam Darnold mono and then things were never uh, ever the same with the Jets he's gonna he's gonna go with the Jets of 2019 over the Kotite years that's how bad the Gase years were and I know Dolphins fans can sympathize so I ask you, what was your worst year as a sports fan? What was your worst sports fan year? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us, at ESPN West Palm, your worst sports fan year, because I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and let all of you, baseball fans especially, make fun of the Orioles. I'm just not going to do it, because you have all gone through something miserable in your sports fan life. Now, Let me turn this around a little bit, too, because I think you can have winning seasons and still have it be the worst sports fan moment or or sports fan year 
of your life. Because when the White Sox won the World Series in 2005, that was the ultimate high. They were the favorites to go back to the World Series, to win the pennant again in 2006. They won over 100 games that year in 2006 and still didn't make the playoffs because the Indians would not stop winning. It was so frustrating. The The White Sox never won more than four in a row that season. They lost some critical games down the stretch, and they were really successful. They were really good, and they still didn't make the postseason. And I was so frustrated And as things faded in the final two weeks of the season and the White Sox fell from two back to three back to four back to five back. Then you just throw your hands up and you say, be done with it. I don't even want to think about it anymore because you, you think about what could have been. You go back to all of the moments that could have turn the season you had such expectations and to not even go back to the playoffs after what I would have killed for five or six years prior as a White Sox season that hurt that hurt an awful 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 lot so I think that also can be in the conversation as well but worst sports fan year of your life 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 Coquel I cannot believe that you put the Adam Gase years over the Rich Kotite years like the Rich Kotite years weren't even competitive like they they were the laughing stock of the league yeah but it felt like they were trying like the guys on the team at least the roster felt like they were trying this past year, just I couldn't even watch. I ended up watching the Ravens games. It reminds me, and we're going to do some hockey talk right now, of my stopping of being an Islander fan. Because okay. once ownership stopped putting a real team out there and stopped actually fixing the arena and just wanted to lose, how do you root for a team that you know wants to lose? I think the Marlins fans go through that a lot. Well, the Marlins are an interesting case study because I get the sense, they have the two championships, but I get the sense from Marlins fans uh, that it's just sort of, they're sort of numb to it by this point. Like they had a little bit of fun last year with the expanded playoffs. They got in, they beat the Cubs. That was a really good moment. But if it was a regular year, they would not have gotten into the uh, the, the postseason. And so this year, they're back where they typically are, and that is struggling, that is wallowing 15, 16, 17 games below 500. Uh, it, it's just sort of a, hey, that's us. That's the Marlins. That's the state of the franchise. And that sucks in and of itself. That's that, that that feels badly for a different reason because you know you're just stuck in neutral. But I don't think that any of these past few seasons you can actually feel miserable because Marlins fans, you just sort of know what you are. You have to be uh, impossibly terrible to watch or fall woefully short of expectations for it to be the worst sports fan year. I mean, I would put the 94 strike year in baseball right up there for me, where the White Sox are in first place. Look like uh. they're on a collision course with the Yankees uh, in the American League Championship Series. Look like whoever won that was going to beat the Expos in uh, in the World Series. And the, the 94 strike to not even finish that season with so much unfinished business, I still hate hate that year and hate thinking about that baseball season. Derailed Pat Kelly's career. Oh, my Pat Kelly second Your baseman thing with for the Pat Yankees. Kelly, I didn't know about it until a week ago, and the more I think about it, the more weird it actually is. Oh, he was batting 300 that year. That was his breakout. Then the strike <laughs> happened, and he just never regained it. Oh, man. You know, I was thinking of random Orioles today uh, just because I'm like, do I know anything about the Orioles <laughs> other than, like, Cal Ripken? And for whatever reason, Mike Devereaux came to mind. Former center fielder for the Orioles, Mike 
Devereaux. Uh, name ends in X. I don't know why his name popped into my head. And then Brady Anderson, who randomly hit 50 home runs. Randomly? In his contract year during the steroid era? <laughs> okay, maybe it wasn't so <laughs> random. That was actually probably uh, by Brilliant. design. Brilliant. Yeah. And then he it, stopped doing steroids. It was so great. I mean, He's like, all right, the doctor was like, hey, do this for a year. It won't really do anything worse than eating a hot dog for your body. You're fine. And then just get healthy after you cash in. Guaranteed contract. If you, if you, Coquel, and this is you after, after battling COVID, this is you at your current age, not maybe in your prime health. If you right now were told, hey, you can make $2 million next year. Yes. If you take X amount of steroids, would you do it? Yeah. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> You'd do the Brady Anderson. Why? You wouldn't? Like, what, what is the downside? No, I absolutely would. I thought maybe you would bring some wisdom to it. I'm maybe. sitting here with my head pounding right now that I don't know if I'm going to make it through the next hour anyway. Give me the two mil. I'll do some steroids. Let's go. <laughs> I'll do some steroids. Just roid me up. What was the worst sports fan year of your life? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, Jordan Bensamana says the Marlins 2004 to present. But is that really is that really like miserable is that really down in the dumps it's pretty uh, bad i'm a jets fan and it's bad when your team when you know your team's not good it's it, it's hard because you want to switch teams within your allegiance keeps the only times i've tried to be a different fan and it just doesn't work yeah no i i get that i get that but i also think that there's if your team is just right below mediocre every single year like why why would you get caught up in that being miserable why would that be misery I, I, I don't quite – if you know what to expect, shouldn't you just prepare yourself for that mentally? Because you know how good it will feel. Like when the Jets finally win a Super Bowl this year, it's going to feel so good, and I'm ready for Zach the Blonde Bomber to give me that joy because after the rain comes the sun. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Did you just make that up? Yeah, I started to go joy and pain, and then I didn't want to sing, so I just found something that rhymed with pain, <laughs> and it was rain, and I didn't know where to go, Ken. You're not in the studio. I'm by myself. I had COVID. Uh, Aiden Pierce says, the one in 15 Dolphins. I was working on a presidential campaign in New Hampshire, watching on a small TV when Cleo Lemon threw the pass across the middle to Greg Camarillo for the OT win against the Ravens. I was in tears. That's what I'm talking about, about the that random Sunday afternoon in week 16, the Dolphins winning, beating Brian Billick and the Ravens on an overtime Cleo Lemon to Greg Camarillo throw <laughs> where you would have thought the, the 10,000 people that were in attendance that day going absolutely berserk. Uh, it was just such a release of emotion. And I'm not sure I've actually ever seen it again. Of all the Dolphins games I've attended over the years, I'm not sure I've ever seen an equal amount of, of relief and jubilance that I saw winning one game in that 2007 season. Now, Noah DuPont has an interesting take on that. He says, here's the worst sports year of my life. You'll get a lot of 07 Dolphins here, but the real answer is 2006. The team had Super Bowl hype in the preseason, then just completely bleeped the bed, and Saban bailed for Alabama. That was the worst. And honestly, that's a good one. And that goes to my theory that you can have the worst sports fan year of your life, and it can be with a team that actually is competent, with a team that actually can play a little bit, but they fall short of expectations. You remember Sports Illustrated had a cover that said the Dolphins were going to win the Super Bowl in 2006, and they got off to a good start, and then things just melted down, and then the entire final quarter of the season was consumed by the rumors 
of Nick Saban and Alabama, and Saban openly lying about his lack of interest in Alabama. I get that. That's actually a really good one. That Yeah, 2007 is the easy answer for that. But 2006, because of everything swirling around it and the expectations, might have been more miserable than the one in 15 Dolphins year. Yeah, expectations can definitely make things worse. Things picking up over there at practice. Get a little concert happening. What's yeah, going on we're there? starting to get into uh, stretching here. By the way, I'm looking right at Glade Central's own FAU's own Craven LeBlanc as he warms up. And I think I'm going to make a declaration here. I think he will be on the roster coming out of the Cincinnati preseason game. Craven LeBlanc makes this team. How about that? Tell him I said hi. I will. Tell him I right will. now. I'll I'll see if I can him. get him to pop by. Get him right now and tell him I said hi. Do you by know how much trouble I would be in if I just walked to the fence <laughs> and started yelling Craven while he's, Craven! While he's stretching? <laughs> I would get kicked out of here immediately. Immediately. Uh, uh, you know it was nice one of the worst fan moments of my life, and it was a win because you're talking about winning? The Jets beating the Rams last year. Oh, man. Oh. But that kept them from – but you got your guy. You, no, I, you, I wanted Trevor Lawrence and I wanted <laughs> Justin Fields. I've just now lied to you and say I love Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach I probably Wilson. wanted Trey Lance before him. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you just went through the carousel of rookie quarterbacks and you would have been celebrated and bragging about whichever one went to the Jets. Now, speaking of the Jets, we're supposed to have Greenberg on next week, right? We are supposed to on Wednesday, yes. All right. I, uh, I have some things I need to tell him about how I feel about Zach Wilson. Oh, no, don't break his heart. Uh, I think we need to have a serious discussion because you and him are going to be insufferable, and I feel like if I don't make my thoughts known, I'm not going to get a word in the entire time. How long into the interview do I drop that I coach Jamie and Sherwood, the Jets' new starting linebacker? Uh, let's, let's write that down right now. <laughs> so Mike Greenberg, and you hear him right before us here, uh, Ken LaVega live featuring Coquel every day here on ESPN 106.3, and I just forgot the name of the show, and it's my name. Um, Greenberg, you hear him every day before us. He's going to be on next Wednesday here on Ken LaVega Live. Uh, so how, how much time before in that interview before Coquel uh, mentions he coached Jamie and Sherwood? I'm going to give it two minutes, two minutes over under. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Uh, so I coach Jamie and Sherwood <laughs> as you try to, try to go. Oh, my God, I can't right. wait. Then we're going to be like besties now. Me and Greening. Coquel and Greening. Jamie Greening and, and Sherwood? Coquel. Yeah. I don't need this Ken Levick Alive stuff. Earlier slot? I'll go on with Greeny. Be done by noon? Home by one? Oh, the more, I, the more I think about it, two, mid, two minutes is, I mean, there's no way you hit I can never last that long. Yeah, there's. that's, I mean, in a multitude of ways. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. I am at Miami Dolphins training camp in Miami Gardens right across from Hard Rock Stadium. Coquel back in the end of John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. And uh, Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel is brought to you by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. This is my first time being able to see the, uh, the new practice facility, the new training camp location for the Dolphins. I spent so much time in Davie over the years, and there are, within this Dolphins organization, so many former FAU MBA Sport Management Program students, and through the years, there have been so many that have come through here, and this has been one of their first jobs, or this is a job that they've been able to rise to in the FAU MBA Sport Management Program uh, here with the Dolphins. Uh, so, how do you get in a similar situation? How do you take advantage? Well, you got to take the courses first. You got to get the MBA in sport management. It's worth its weight in gold. That is your ticket. That is your red carpet 
to the sports industry. All you have to do is go online, fau.edu slash sport, fau.edu slash sport, and uh, sign up for spring semester classes. Get all your information about it. You can take them remote, take them on campus in Boca, but that's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Coquel is in West Palm. I'm at Dolphins training camp. We'll be here until 1. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.